Welcome to the Dogs Are the Best Friends podcast. I'm Emily. And my best buddy, Flynn, is here too. In upcoming episodes, we have an Aussie author share her love of dogs, both in her books and in real life. And another person that I got to interview, he is a martial arts master. He's amazing. And uh, man, he's tough, but what a soft heart he has for his dog. Today's story is about Josie and Jeter. No, not that Jeter, but who knows, maybe in the future. This pair, this duo, you won't forget. They really are a dynamic duo. And their story is one that is just so sincere and heartwarming. And it talks about such a strong bond. And I'm warning you, you might cry a little bit. I did, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't do that while I was doing the interview, fortunately, though. So don't worry, you won't hear me blubbering. But I I really think that you will enjoy this story. And so I won't make you wait. One thing, a heads up, this dog is a medical alert dog. And not just for one thing. Josie, I'm, I'm so grateful that you're here today because you have an interesting story. And I know a little bit about it, but I know I don't know the full story. So I'm excited to get that from you and to learn about your dog, whose name is Jeter. I know that. But I don't know much about him, like his age and breed. If you could talk about that and give us a little background about him. Yeah, absolutely. So Jeter is an Australian Shepherd. Um, he's a black tricolor, and he has the nub tail and everything, so he looks very Aussie. Um, he's approximately six years old. We're not entirely sure. Um, when I got him in 2015, all of his like shelter paperwork said that he was a year and a half with a birthday, um, January, 2014. But since then talking to several vets and some Aussie breed experts and just seeing Jeter grow in general, we actually think his birthday was January of 2015. So he was like eight months when I got him. Wow. But since 2014 was on his paperwork, I just celebrate that as a birthday. So he's approximately <laughs> six. Give us one word that describes him. I thought about this a lot and I really think Velcro honestly describes him pretty oh. well. It describes both of us pretty well, actually. Um, Jeter and I are both fairly Velcro and we're both very connected with each other. So we are practically touching all of the time. Uh-huh. Um, even when we're at home and he's just like free to lay wherever, he's generally underneath my feet, like of my chair, <laughs> my desk chair. So I have to be careful when I move it. Um, and I mean, the same goes, like, if he's not near me half the time, I'll be like, Jeter, come here and be close to me. (laughs) So Uh generally he's within 12 inches of me all the time. So I think Velcro is probably a really good word to pair with him. That's a great word. How does he bring you joy or inspire you? Because our dogs do that in so many different ways and so many levels, but how, how would you say that he does that for you? Well, um, I'm in grad school and I'm a single woman living in a single bedroom apartment. So Jeter is kind of my everything. He's my world. Um, so I wake up every day kind of determined to provide him with the spoiled luxury life that he deserves. Um, it honestly still completely confounds me that he, uh, that puppy Jeter found himself, um, in a shelter and not just in a shelter, but on the kill list at a shelter. Oh um, so I, I literally actually have to catch myself all the time. Um, and stop myself from overthinking about that period of time when he was in a shelter because it it kind of hurts me. Um, you know, I cry, Absolutely. I cry yeah. thinking about where Puppy Jeter was. You know, finding himself in that shelter and on the kill list. And you know, what if he hadn't been rescued in the nick of time? What if he hadn't entered my life? You know, um, and now here he is working full time service dog. He saves me every single day. Um, he knows so many tasks that help 
mitigate every single day. He was initially trained as a diabetic alert dog, but he knows a multitude of tasks outside of that. Um, and he always, he knows a billion tricks because he loves training. He gives 150% um, every time we train because he just loves it. Um, the joy he emits when we train is practically tangible because <laughs> right. uh. he just loves it so much. Um, April actually um, has said, I've seen her say a couple of different times that she she never wants Archer to wonder again who's a good boy. She wants him to know that he is the good, good boy. And I absolutely love that phrase. Um, so I definitely want Jeter to never question. Like I said, I wake up every day to his happy face and I am like, let's go. Let's take on the world and give ourselves a great life, if that makes sense. Wow. Interesting. That's it, It's unthinkable that a great dog like that would be there. Um, I'm a, what's called a brittle type one. And so my blood sugar is just pretty volatile all the time anyway. Um, but he also naturally started picking up on heart rate alerts because I have a tachycardia, um, disease. And so that's a blend of blood sugars and heart rate and stuff like that. And he, so he alerts to rising, falling high and low blood sugars. And then he alerts to rising high and low heart rates. Now, did you purposely train him on the heart part of that too? No. Nope. Wow. Nope. That's something that, so that ironically was kind of, um, one of our biggest challenges was the live alerting. Um, and that's because he is so detailed and analytical that he picks apart the smells a little more than most dogs do. So, um, generally if a dog is trained on a 15% movement, for example, or a blood sugar of 79 or something like that, the dog will still alert to blood sugars lower than 79 and they'll still alert to movements greater than 15%. But Jeter did not because a 15% movement is a different smell to him than a 20% movement than a 25% movement. And all of that is different than a blood sugar of 79 or a blood sugar of 69 or a blood sugar of, you know, 210. It's all completely different to him. Um, so I had to collect saliva samples for all of the different ranges. Wow. And then when, yeah. And then add in there the fact that he started just naturally picking up on the heart rate stuff. It took me a hot second to figure that out. Sure. Um, and so it was, is very confusing for a while. Um, we did like, once I figured out that he was picking things apart that specifically and that he had picked up on the, but I was also able to teach him different types of alerts for different situations. So like he has, what's called a bringsel. It's like a little tab that hangs on his collar. Okay. And if it's a blood sugar alert, he will like paw me or bump my hand with his nose, something like that. And then he'll grab the bringsel. But if it's a heart rate, he won't grab the bringsel. So uh-huh. I was able to add in that extra little alert piece so that, you know, we could clarify things. Yes. So I, I want to say he has five or six different behaviors for um, the different alerts, just because one single alert for all of it was very confusing. <laughs> yeah, we definitely got through it once I figured it all out. Um, I actually just finished a six week alert log. And then I did another alert log that was about eight weeks long where I um, documented every single alert and false alert and missed alert and everything. And we calculated that he, I did the six week one when he was sick, unfortunately, because that's just kind of how timing worked out. (laughs) But when he was sick, he had 87% accuracy. And then when I did it again, and I did the eight week when he was healthy, 
he had 95% accuracy. So Whoa. obviously once, once I connected that missing piece, we, he definitely found his footing. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> did, did you get help from Libby at all? Like her books and her videos or were yes. they not? Okay. I didn't know if they were, were ready at that time or not. So, okay, great. Yep. So I want to say, I want to say I found Libby on Instagram about two years ago. Um, and so I got super involved with Libby and with the MD dogs method. And I actually helped her test out her new verification process. Um, and Jeter and I are the very first MD dogs verified team. Oh, so neat. That, very cool. Yeah. MD dogs, MD dogs has, and Libby have, um, both had a huge impact on, um, our lives in the last few years. That's amazing. Yeah. She's an amazing person. And you are too, because mm-hmm. you took on and training your own dog. I mean, that's really impressive. You know, you knew that it's life-saving, but it's also, you saved his life. Yeah. Okay. So he has two little quirks that I absolutely love. Uh-uh. Um, so one is anytime he's confused or um, uncertain about anything, like during training, he'll just default to sit pretty, um, which we call stick him up because it's like the first step in his, you know, stick him up bang. And then he pretends he's dead. Uh-huh. Um, and so I absolutely love it because if he loves training, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't, we don't sometimes get a little confusion, sure. you know, and he just always defaults to sit pretty and it cracks me <laughs> up every time, which kind of helps lighten the atmosphere in case we're both getting a little frustrated. And it's one of my favorite thing. And it's just his uh, sit pretty is freaking adorable. Yeah. So I love when he does it. Um, and then the other one is actually in the morning. Um, he will give me his belly for like good morning scratches on his belly. Um, which I love because he does not go belly up any other part of the day. He doesn't really like having his belly up and exposed. He very much prefers to be right side up. Um, And so, yeah. So the only time he does it is when I very first wake up and I sit up and I say, good morning. He flips over and gives me his belly for a couple of scratches. And I absolutely love it every time (laughs) it makes my heart sore. Yeah. Yeah. So sweet. It's amazing how bonded you guys are. It's so sweet. Ironically, it was um, a technology failure that pushed me towards a diabetic alert dog in the first place. So um, I've been a diabetic for 17 and a half years. Um, And so I thankfully have been fairly lucky. I haven't had any um, seizures or anything like that. But I did find myself um, one night in undergrad. I was um, by myself and I was keeping my glucometer within arm's reach in my bed, but I had like run out of low snacks in my nightstand. Um, and I had a CGM and I had an insulin pump and my CGM shut my insulin pump off if it registered that I was going low, but my CGM was, um, not working this night. And so I thankfully woke up and my blood sugar was, um, I think 32 or something like that. And I literally, I couldn't move. Like I couldn't, move my arms a little bit. So I was able to check my blood sugar, but like I couldn't get up to go get low snacks. And so it took me probably 15 or 20 minutes to like eventually roll out of bed and like drag myself to some glucose tabs. Um, and so the very next day I Googled service dogs for diabetics. Um, and I was able to come across the company, um, that used rescue dogs. Cause I was also super passionate about rescue dogs. Um, and then I think it was 15 or 16 months later, I was paired with Jeter. So wow. it's a long way. Yeah, so I had all the technology. I had yeah. all the technology and it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's, that's frightening. Do you have any encouragement for other dog owners? Yeah, I um, have been training dogs for a very long time. I did dogs in 4-H and then I was the 4-H leader. So I helped other kids train their dogs and 
I've kind of been working with dogs ever since. So that's been 15 years. I think I've been working with dogs. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, so my encouragement for dog owners in general would be don't give up and to ask for help, especially that ask for help piece. Um, I think sometimes we can get a little caught up in doing things ourselves that we forget how okay it is to ask for help. So whether that's training help from a professional trainer or a little bit of dog sitting time from a friend so that you get a little break, you know, it's perfectly okay um, to ask for help and to get a little help with your dog. It absolutely will not ruin your relationship with your dog. That was one of my biggest fears actually when we were struggling at first is that, you know, if I, if Jeter like went back to his program for extra training, would it completely demolish the relationship that I had built with him? And that was not true whatsoever. It actually strengthened our relationship. Um, and learn a lot of things about myself and about him and about dog training in general, dogs in general and stuff in the process. So, um, I always, always encourage people that, or explain to people that it's not only is it okay to ask for help, but that it will not ruin your relationship with your dog at all. Excellent advice. So, all right. What would you say that he's taught you? Because you've taught him a lot with training and everything, but dogs teach us a lot too. Yes. So this is probably going to sound a little cheesy or corny, um, but I have thought about it a lot over the past five years. And I think the biggest thing that Jeter has taught me is to love in multiple ways. So I honestly didn't really know how deeply um, one could love another being um, because of various experiences in my past. I've always been fairly closed off and private. And I think um, kind of as a sort of defense tactic, I stayed a little closed off and private. And so it made it kind of impossible to develop deep and trusting relationships with other people. Um, obviously I had no idea that this was the case until I got Jeter and I started learning not only to love and trust him, but also to love and trust others. And probably the most important to love, trust, and respect myself. Yes. Cause that was, you know, that's a piece of the puzzle that is a little forgotten sometimes I think. Absolutely. We definitely had a rough start in the beginning, Jeter and I did, but I don't regret any of it because it has enabled me to learn all of these lessons and to grow as a person. I get that. And dogs make us more empathetic, I feel like, and we just are kinder. Yeah. You know, I don't, I was not as kind before Mm -hmm. I got dogs and then they just bring that out on you. That's a wonderful lesson for sure. So the other, the other like little piece of advice that I give people, especially, um, other service dog handlers is to really enjoy the dog in front of you Um, because it can be so easy to get caught up in either perfecting training or thinking ahead towards your next service dog or the next puppy you're going to get that sometimes we forget to really cherish and experience and enjoy the dog that's right there with us. Mm. Um, I've absolutely been guilty of this too, multiple times. And so now I make a conscious effort every single day to stay focused on Jeter and to um, really just cherish every, every playtime, every adventure, every cuddle session. You know, I take lots of pictures. I am taking a class to learn how to give him better massages. Like, you know, I think I really try to cherish every single moment that I have with him because we only really get dogs for a short period of time. And I want to make the most of every single moment. And it can be so easy to get caught up in other things. So that's kind of my other little piece of advice is to enjoy the dog that you have. Anything else to share? Yeah, so I always like to take opportunities to remind people kind of how to behave and how to interact with service dog, service dogs and service dog handlers. Yes. Um, and I think that it's especially hard for 
dog people because they love dogs so much, you know, and it's such an instinctive, oh my gosh, a dog. Um, but after it's, I, I understand it's hard. I'm a dog person too. And I've had Jeter for five years. And to this day, if I see another team in public, I fangirl a little bit because <laughs> I just love seeing dogs. <laughs> but it is, it is crucial that you ignore the dog and talk to the person. For one, it, it can be a little bit hurtful to have, like, your dog has conversations with everyone, but then everyone is ignoring the human <laughs> right? in the relationship. True. Um, that can get a little hurtful. Um, but more importantly, service dogs, service animals have a job to do. And that means that they need to be focused on their person, focused on their job 100% of the time. And they can't do this if someone is baby talking them or petting them or, you know, distracting them in some way. Um, so talk to the person because some, a lot of times a handler will be okay talking to you. I love educating the public, but sometimes, you know, I had a, I work full-time job and I'm a grad student. And some days I just want to run in and get milk and leave. And so I'll give a little shorter answers. And this doesn't necessarily mean that we are angry with you or anything. We just don't necessarily have time to stop and chat all the time. <laughs> so, right, right. um, in a nutshell, always address the human in the service animal team and don't get offended if we give a short answer because, you know, you got to remember that we're getting these questions every day. And it's an interesting point that I, I just thought of, like, because uh, what if you are, you know, like if he is alerting you and maybe you need to get to your car and test or whatever, right? And we don't even yep. think about that stuff, do we? Because we're, we just don't. It doesn't affect our lives yep. all day, every day like you. So Anything else that you want to share from your heart about your beautiful boy or your friendship or, you know, anything at all? We'd love to hear it. Sure. So it's, it's really kind of impossible to put into words. Um, I think just how much Jeter means to me and how much he's done for me. Um, but I really think that Jeter in 2015, when we prepared, I think that he saved me and I think we kind of healed each other. Um, in 2015, we were, matched in June and then we became a team in September. Um, and I was in a bad place. Jeter was in a bad place. You know, he'd just come from a rescue shelter. Um, if you see a side-by-side picture comparison actually of the day that Jeter was rescued and a picture of Jeter now, there's absolutely no comparison. Um, obviously his coat, his coat now is shiny and silky. He put some weight on, he grew a few inches, you know, all of, all those physical things. Sure. But also, his expression is just so different. You know, he went from a sad and shut down puppy when he was freshly rescued to a confident and loving, you know, working partner. Um, and I went from a kind of secretly sad and miserable human to finally loving and living the life I was given each day, um, you know, disabilities and all. Um, and it's so easy, I think, to get overwhelmed and upset about life sometimes. I mean, like right now we're, we're living through a pandemic for goodness sake, you know, right. Um, but when I wake up to Jeter's happy face and his trusting belly up, waiting for me to give him some scratches, I, I just know that everything will be okay. Um, one way or another, Jeter and I will figure it out and we'll find our way through. Um, so I think that Jeter really saved me in 2015, um, and that we healed together and he continues to save me each and every single day that I am blessed to have him by my side as my partner. That is beautiful and perfect. Perfect way to end. Thank you so much for sharing from your heart and your wisdom yeah. and your experience because we need to know and it just makes us better dog people too. Thank you so much. If you missed episodes 11 or 12, 
And 11, we had April and Archer, and they are also a medical alert team. In episode 12, Libby came on and she is an amazing woman because she developed a way to train medical alert dogs that has helped a bunch of people already. Be sure to subscribe as I'll be bringing on another episode a week. So we'll have two weekly episodes. They will include everything from dog stories, more of them, and also some training help. And the first up will be about how to keep your dog entertained while you're working from home. I'm doing that. So I will be happy to share that with you. Please hug your dog and I wish you peace and love and light.